Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here with Walker Wildman and Ray Pritchard. And uh, Fred Jackson has handed the news baton over to Chris Woodward. Good morning. You have a news baton over there, Chris? I do. It's it's, uh, golden. And it's got a little Is it the News Olympics, on. Chris? Yes. Over there? Yeah, we uh, we have a potato sack race on occasion to determine who gets to cover what story. Uh, I, I won the pie-eating contest one time. You won the pie-eating contest one I did. time. did. That's How did a that, good contest. Who was your rival there? Uh, Chad Groening, Charlie Chad, Butts, Steve Chad, Jordahl. Chad can put down some pie, too? Oh, yeah. We all okay. like to eat. Stress eat, you know, because Now busy. I know what you guys have been doing over Ray, there. speaking of... <laughs> Come on over, man. We'll save you a slice. Ray, speaking of the uh, Olympics, are the summer games still on for Japan? They yeah, are. but it, it it feels like it's hanging by a thread, Tim, because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I always it, uh, look forward to the Olympic. Yeah. To the Olympic games, especially the summer. I I like the winter games too because I see we see things we never ever see. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, really enjoy the summer games, <clears throat> and so that's supposed to take place in Tokyo. But it was supposed to take place last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, it got canceled. So you're saying it, it's on. Uh, but it's shaky, Tim. Shaky. It's, because, it's, why? Because COVID's going. Because of COVID. And, and the countries. you got you got athletes coming from countries where COVID is overrunning the situation. And so, you know, they, no. you get trouble on every side there. Ray, do you understand uh, why COVID is so bad in India right now? Yeah, I've been to India a couple of times, and you know that the healthcare system, it's, it's parts of it are, are good, right? Parts of it are good, but it, across the country, the healthcare system is nothing compared to a Western democracy. It's just nothing. And so once a virus gets out loose in the population in India, it's almost impossible to control it. Yeah. It just seems situation. like it's a year delayed, you yeah. know, but uh, I don't know why, why it didn't, maybe it did. Maybe it was sweeping. When we say India, we're talking about what a billion people or right. something a like billion that plus. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, to give you some perspective, folks, we have 330 million or 340 million people in the United States. We're the third most populated country in the world, mm-hmm. but far behind both China and India. Mm-hmm. India has, and our healthcare system far beyond, right? Far beyond India, especially far right. beyond. Again, the benefits of capitalism and free enterprise right. and our right. Christian heritage—that's uh, what's led to our prosperity and our way of life. Uh, that gives us, which makes us the envy of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I many, mean, you've many. got you've got millions of villages in India with no health care at all. So you let the virus get loose out there. And, and uh, yeah. what percent would you say percentage of their country is Hindu where they follow the caste system? It's the overwhelming majority. Okay. Yeah. Am I right to say that uh, the caste system promotes the idea that somebody under you is really not a human? 
work well, taken care of. Yeah, work. you're in pretty good shape if you're at the top of that pyramid, right? Okay. Right. If you're in the upper caste, you're fine. But if you're down there in the lower caste or down with the Dalits, the 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 untouchables, mm-hmm. that's a that's a terrible place to be in society. Okay, contrast that with what the Bible teaches about the individual, if you would, right? Every every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl made in the image of God, equally loved, equally valued, equally cared for. There's no caste system with God, right? Mm-hmm. There's the human race, which he loves and cares for. And everything, born in poverty, born in the worst possible circumstances, you are made in the image of God equal to, in terms of worth and value, with the richest, most powerful person on earth. So with Hinduism, it's basically fatalistic, right? Right. With Christianity, uh, it's a hopeful. Which is why when the gospel comes in, the, often it's often it comes into the lower parts of society, the, the people who have so little. And for them, for, remember Jesus said one of the signs of his kingdom is the, the poor have the good news preached to them. The gospel is truly good news for the marginalized and people out on the edges of society, which is why that's often where when the gospel takes root in a new society, that's often where it starts. The possibility of a civil rights movement uh, in India doesn't exist because of the Hindu religion, as Ray just described it. Contrast that with the United States of America, which is a which historically has been an overwhelmingly Christian country, which uh, had a lot of sin. Uh, with slavery, for example, and the mistreatment of black folks for a century mm-hmm. and more. However, ultimately, the Christian religion changed America when along came a pastor named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from Birmingham, Alabama. And guess what he did? He make he being a part of a demographic making up about roughly ten percent of the population. I'm guessing now, but I think I'm pretty accurate there. That is, black Americans. And yet he appealed to the eighty ninety percent of the public who were white people. Most of them Christians. And he said, you know what? White Christian America, join me, join us, so we can live up to the standards of the Bible, that everybody has dignity, that everybody has value and worth, no no matter the color of their skin. That's what Dr. Martin Luther King was doing, and so that's the movement he was leading, and guess what? The vast majority of white Americans, uh, maybe who had lived under... Uh, lived in situations where they were part of a society, especially in the Deep South, that did discriminate openly against black Americans. They said he was appealing to Christian white America, let's make this change for the betterment of everybody. And he was doing so make uh, on the appeal of what the Bible says about people. Am I right, Ray? 100% right. Martin Luther King based his political action on the Bible, 
on what he knew about Jesus Christ and about the gospel message, which is why white Christians across America and across the South eventually finally said, that's exactly right, that it is time for a change. He spoke from a, let's say it this way, Tim, he spoke from a Christian worldview to Christians who could understand and hear what he was saying. He right. was the man of the right. hour. So you tell me where else in the world that a ethnic group representing 10% of the population could appeal to the 90% Walker mm-hmm. and get them to agree that our lives matter. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most everywhere in the world today where you have a minority ethnic group or, relig- or religious group or racial group, they're persecuted and they will be to the end of time. Right. Right. Well, well, our country was set up um, to to protect individual rights and individual uh, freedom, and our founding documents recognize that all men and women are created uh, in the image of God, like Ray said. So basically the foundation of our, our, our society, of our country, was set up. Yes, there were people who owned slaves in those days, many of them, but our system was set up to eventually outlaw slavery in America. Right. And so the, 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 the Civil Rights Act was based on the Constitution and the rule of law right. and our founding principles to where America could eventually outlaw slavery. Yeah. Actually, slavery was in the southern states because of agriculture. The northern states did not have slavery. I'm no, I'm no American history expert, so I better watch out before I get in trouble with, before I have to fact check myself. But uh, I, I think I, I think only like twenty percent of people actually own slaves. You know what I'm saying? Even in the Deep South, right? The like, other like, the, the, the other eighty percent were just white people who lived and they didn't own. They weren't plantation owners. They didn't a own a ton of small farms in the South. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why a lot of, if if you were to go back in uh, history and say, well, a lot of the a lot of the Southerners back during the Civil War, if the, if they didn't own slaves, which was made, again, I think I'm roughly right. Probably eighty percent of the population did not own slaves. I'm talking about Southerners, maybe even less than that. That they viewed the uh, North uh, not as coming to set the slaves free but to ravage their and pillage their farms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't have a big overall view of, of what was going on. Rather, they just uh, saw these as invaders. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Civil War, one of the reasons that the Civil War uh, was as bloody as it was and took place. I'm going to stop right there because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble here about, with my facts, okay? All right, uh by the way, did you ever did you ever, did you ever see the Ken Burns special on that? Uh, was it Ken Burns? The civil, the civil the Civil War series that Ken Burns yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, I saw that, but that's been twenty years ago. But it's that been was a while. that was excellent. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I want to bring everybody's attention to something uh, we are working on at uh, onenewsnow.com. It stems from something that took place yesterday. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida signed a bill. He's a rock star. He is. 
Uh, he uh, This bill seeks to punish social media platforms that remove conservative ideas from their sites. We have spent many a segment on this show and yeah. others on American Family Radio talking about how Facebook and other social media platforms are um, not allowing people to see everybody's opinion, especially when it comes to uh, the opinions from conservatives. But just to give you a little bit of a background here, uh, this new law is going to enable the state of Florida to fine large social media companies $250,000 a day if they remove an account of a statewide political candidate and $25,000 a day if they remove an account of someone running for a local office. This takes effect July 1st. Here's where it gets... Uh, it's, it's, it gets interesting. Um, it's questionable whether or not Florida is going to be able to enforce this law because, as the Associated Press and other news outlets point out, federal law prevents Internet companies from being sued for removing posts and federal law trumps state law if and when there is a conflict. So this will inevitably wind up in court. Perhaps that is the intent from Governor DeSantis and other supporters of this law. But it's very interesting, and it does come at a time when even groups like American Family Association, rightly so, voice concerns about big tech frowning on conservative principles and ideas. Yeah, and and, and actually, if this were were litigated, that might actually be a good thing. Yes. Um, if the Florida law mm-hmm. is challenged, because that would bring up the question in court is how much immunity do – how much immunity from the law should um, – Companies like Facebook have yeah. how much immunity, and it gets into Section 230 and uh, the carve-out that, that, that these tech companies have, um, which, in my opinion, shouldn't be there. They shouldn't get special treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe that'll, that'll the litigation will end up for the good. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people talk about how, um, you know, inter- uh, Facebook or Twitter, it's a business, and they get to decide who gets to say what and all that. I, I get that, and I respect that, but we've all talked about the the crazy examples of the just awful things that people have said about well, conservatives. Yeah, so here's here's a, the basic argument there. There is, there's two basically classifications for these companies, these web companies. You're either a a platform or you are a publisher a publisher is like a news website like the wall street journal where they have editors and they have a staff that monitors and controls what gets posted on their news site mm-hmm. um then there is a, a then there is a platform like a craigslist or wikipedia where the public can post things on the platform well, if you're a platform, I mean, I'm sorry, if you're a publisher, you have a legal obligation to prohibit illegal activity taking place mm-hmm. on your uh, on your website because you're a publisher. You maintain control of what goes on the site. Well, if you're a platform, you're, you're basically immune from what gets posted on your site because you admit on the front end that, hey, we don't filter and, and censor everything that goes on our site. So those are the two differences. But what Facebook and Twitter and others are trying to do is they're trying to ride the fence. They're trying to say, well, you know, for example, if child pornography is found on Facebook, Facebook's lawyers will say, well, we're just a platform. So we can't control what everyone posts on our platform. So we're not responsible for that. But then on the other hand, they go and say, no, we're, 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 a, we're, a, uh, we're, we're a platform. Publisher. publisher. 
publisher. We're, we're a publisher. We control what's on our site. So if you like Trump, we're going to censor you because we're a publisher. So they, they, they've been able to ride this this legal fence, and, and, and what many argue is they need to pick one side or the other. Yeah. I think it is uh, somewhat maybe intentional to get it in court uh, so that way you could get a judge or judges to rule on this, and then we could get something done about this Section 230 situation because Congress hasn't done anything about it. President Trump wanted changes. They didn't do anything because a lot of people in Washington didn't like Trump and didn't want to do anything for him and with him. So uh, we'll definitely see this. But it does come at a time when Governor DeSantis has made a lot of headlines for other bills um, that he has signed, and certainly he's still uh, pushing the reopening after COVID and things like that. So uh one can guess whether or not uh, he will kind of use these for his advantage going forward and whatever his political ambitions may be in the not-too-distant uh, future. Speaking of uh, things that are political, I want to mention this because I just saw uh, Newsmax covering it and Fox was all over it earlier today. Uh, there is a professional wrestler turned actor named John Cena. Many people may recognize his name, uh, but he is one of the people in the upcoming or latest installment of the Fast and Furious films. And John Cena was overseas in Asia doing some press uh, for the uh, latest Fast and Furious film. And during that appearance, uh, Mr. Cena referred to Taiwan as a country. That upset the people of China greatly, or more or less the communists that dominate China. Uh, They claim that Taiwan is part of China, and therefore they demanded he apologize for it. So Mr. Cena did decide to apologize, and he did so in Mandarin. Clip 11 here, Brent. 你好中国,就是叫西呢,我必须说现在,呃,在速度与剧情中,呃,我做很多采访,很多很多很多,呃,所以在一个采访,呃,我有一个错误。You uh, can put it in uh, the All right, so translating there, <laughs> well, translating there, uh, some, some French website translated this. Uh, he says, uh, I did many interviews. Wait a minute, Chris. Okay. You're you're talking in Southern English. I speak you good. You just played a clip from John Cena, the mm-hmm. the wrestler turned actor. Yes. I don't know where he's from, but he's speaking in broken Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And you're about to tell me it's being translated into what? According to a French website, this is oh, what he said. Oh, now you're going to France yes. to find out what Cena said in Mandarin and then reinterpret that in your. Southern English. I'm from the Where in the World okay. is Carmen San Diego okay. generation. Go, go, Here we Chris. go. I did many, many interviews for Fast and Furious 9, and I made a mistake during one interview. I must say, which is very, very important, that I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry for my mistake. I apologize. That video has been played at least 2.4 million times. And Chinese media leapt on now, the Now, what apology. did he do wrong again? He I referred to ta- Taiwan as a country. Now, the people of Taiwan And he's apologizing for that? Yes. Taiwan is yeah. a country, isn't it, Ray? Yeah, absolutely, it's a country. Yes. So he's a science denier? <laughs> <laughs> yes. John Cena is a, a geography denier. Yeah. Yeah. He's a geography denier. Fact check. Fact check. Taiwan is a country. It is. Right. Yes. Geographically, yes. So he, is, he, he bowed the knee. Mm-hmm. To the communist Chinese and uh, denied saying he's a, he apologizing for calling yes. Taiwan a country, and he did so because China has replaced the U.S. as the world's largest box office market. So whatever China wants, oftentimes China gets now in the way of films and actors and things like that. It's the reason why Disney 
uh, criticizes Georgia for its heartbeat law, but doesn't bat an eye yeah. over China killing Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, this gets into the NBA playing over there in their league, right. and and the, that's the, why LeBron James won't say anything critical. Yeah, probably multi million, probably multi billion dollar industry that you that the U.S. sporting and Hollywood industry benefits from over there. And then you have Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. uh, the owner of the the Dallas Mavericks, who won't you know really criticize China. Um, well, LeBron James goes after, you know, he's critical of almost all American police, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the way he comes across. Is, And, yes, he won't say anything about a country which is run on the police state. Right. Right. <laughs> With no human rights. Why? Yeah. Because money. Yeah. And that's it's, why. It's, money it's, and business. You really – these companies and their major airlines are doing the same thing. You know, they're, they're doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. You have Google – cooperating with government uh, censorship of speech. They filter everything that goes into China. It's filtered through the government. Literally everything on the Internet. They have this wall around the country where they filter everything that comes in. Facebook, Google, all these major companies cooperate, willingly cooperate with the Chinese Communist Party Mm -hmm. on what content gets into China. But they claim that that they have this moral virtue system. What the, the the whole woke corporate scene is a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, it's all a for sure. Uh, I don't know if there's a difference between a hypocrite and a rank hypocrite. I think rank is worse. Uh, yes, much worse. Rank a rank hypocrite. I'll give you a prime example. I mentioned this before. Remember, a few years ago, North Carolina passed a law called HB two, and it was designed to keep basically to keep men out of little girls' bathrooms mm-hmm. or bathrooms with little girls. Uh, in the name of being a transgender. So they just wanted to have separate bathrooms like we always have through human history for males and females. Well, Georgia was just, I mean, excuse me, uh, North Carolina was just like, you you bunch of ignorant uh, transphobes. Mm-hmm. You remember the world came down on, on, on North Carolina over HB2. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And all the corporations were jumping in. The NBA was jumping in. Target. Yeah. So what happened was PayPal was going to build a big operation there in Charlotte area, mm-hmm. in the Charlotte area, and they, they made a pronouncement that they were pulling out. They were not going to build in a state that wouldn't allow men to go in bathrooms with girls and showers and so forth. Now, they didn't say it like that. I said it like that, but mm-hmm. that, in essence, was what it was. Nowadays, the whole, that, they would. That was what the whole yeah. debate was about. And yet... We found out that PayPal, which was condemning North Carolina and saying we're not going to build there, you bunch of transphobes, they had one of their main international centers set up in Malaysia. Yeah. Well, if you read about Malaysia, they cane gays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With a cane. Yeah. Yes, literally. (laughs) Huh? Yeah. So, wait a minute, PayPal. You're saying North Carolina is terrible because they want to have male and female restrooms, mm-hmm. and that's transphobic. All the while, you got one of your big. You have no problem setting up business in Malaysia, mm-hmm. where LGBT people are treated like dirt mm-hmm. or worse. Right. So that's why I say it's a. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And I, for John Santa, this actor, to make an apology. 
for just saying that Taiwan is a country? Mm -hmm. That shows you how much control China has over Hollywood. And yet Hollywood is the one who tells us when we object Mm -hmm. to anything, no, no, we have a right to free speech. We'll say, how dare you question that? You know, (laughs) Uh, so. All right. Ray, thank you very much for being on today, brother. My pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Walker. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Chris. Thank you. Our thanks to Brent Creeley and Fred Jackson and uh, John Santa. (laughs) I don't know how to say his name in Mandarin, but uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Take care, everybody.